This is Dr. Clint Ashford. Welcome to the Ashford Center podcast. This podcast is part two of commonly asked questions as they relate to menopause and perimenopause. So uh, please listen to part one. That will give you some background. And in this episode, I want to cover some of these questions that women have frequently, especially as it relates to hormone replacement therapy and the desire, uh, reality, really, of being able to avoid some of the symptoms altogether. So here's what I'm going to cover in this podcast. Uh, number one, is there a way to avoid the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause altogether? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes, exclamation point. Number two, uh, do the regimens used as hormone replacement therapy have any side effects or risks that can predispose to major problems, including cancer? And again, spoiler alert, no, they do not cause cancer or other problems if given properly and in the right doses. Uh, number three, uh, we're going to talk about uh, does a woman need to get her hormone levels checked? And if so, uh, when and how often? Four, how would it be determined what kind of hormone replacement therapy a woman needs and how should it be dosed? Uh, number five, after starting hormone replacement therapy, how long should women stay on it? Uh, six, should testosterone be a part of the regimen and why or why not? And seven, where does, quote, simply having a hysterectomy and being done with it fit into this discussion? So, Starting with the first question, can a woman avoid these symptoms altogether that characterize the menopause, perimenopause time frame? Uh, again, the answer is emphatically, absolutely yes, they can avoid it for at least 99% of women. It falls into three categories. They can avoid the problematic and irregular bleeding of perimenopause. Yes, that can be stopped. Two, the enhanced premenstrual symptomatology around this time frame. Yes, that can be eliminated. And three, the hot flash night sweat thing, famous, uh, as well as the mood, depression, cognitive, fog brain, can't think, can't remember, can't come up with a word or name or number, can't sleep, wake up and can't go back to sleep, hair, skin, vaginal sexual, fatigue, weight gain. Yes, 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 yes. All of it can be done away with. Turn the clock back and feel both mentally and physically, uh, like you did 10 years ago. Again, uh, all of these symptoms can be avoided in nearly all women. Uh, you don't need to put up with any of it. And importantly, none of it is really age-related. It's GYN-related. And uh, you can get back to feeling 100% normal all the time, and we'll cover a little bit more about this in a few minutes. So the next question is uh, two, if I were to start on hormone replacement therapy, are there significant side effects or risks? Specifically, uh, is it true that it can predispose to cancer? And I want to hasten to add, no, there are zero increased risks, uh, zero, of cancer with hormone replacement therapy when it's given in the right way, in the right doses. doses. Uh, in fact, uh, the exact opposite is true. Not only does uh, hormone replacement therapy not cause cancer, but women on hormone replacement therapy 
generally live longer and have fewer cancers. And I'll get to this a little bit more in a later podcast. Uh, But for now, let me simply pose what may seem like a rhetorical question. If a woman, a certain woman, has some declining output of a certain hormonal molecule in her body, how does simply restoring the level of that exact same molecule present a problem? From a logical point of view, you're simply restoring what was there in the first place, and it has no negative aspects and simply has the positive ones. That's true in theory. It is also true in fact in that his Uh, This uh, has been demonstrated in real-world clinical data countless times. So, no, there is no increased rate of cancer and no increased risk of anything else when hormone replacement therapy is given in the right way in the right doses. Uh, Number three, uh, question number three, when should I get my hormones checked, and if so, how often uh, should I have them checked? And uh, how does this have bearing on when or if I should start hormone replacement therapy or not? So the short answer to this question is that you may not need to get your hormone levels checked at all. Uh, that's the short answer. How le- however, uh, let me give you a little bit longer of an answer. Uh, beginning around age 40, there is a gradual decline in uh, hormone output from the ovaries. And this decline continues till a woman is 60, maybe even 65, or possibly 70, with the point being there is a very long period of time between the normal level and uh, a fairly low level. Some women will drop the level pretty suddenly around age 40, and then it will decline more gradually after that. And then other women will more or less keep at a normal blood level for quite some time, and then much later it will decline. However, in any case or either case, all women at some point have declines in uh, the output from their ovaries. Most of these women, most but not all, will have some symptoms then of hormone lack or hormone deficiency with the most common symptoms associated with this decline being the hot flash night sweat thing. But they can also have some of these other things I previously mentioned, the mood, depressed, can't think, can't remember, fog brain, cloudy thinking, can't come up with a name or word or number, sleep, vaginal, sexual, hair. There's 25 different things. No one has all 25, but one thing or two things with the most common of course, the hot flash night sweat thing. So if a hypothetical woman were to say, uh, okay, so I'm in this age group, and uh, a few months ago I started having some hot flashes and night sweats, it's a pretty good bet uh, that she has dropped through that threshold, and therefore it's also a pretty good bet were she to take the bioidentical supplement that uh, that symptom would disappear. And if, at the same time, she also says, yeah, like uh, about the same time, I've been having some other complaints. Uh, My mood, 
depressed, my memory, can't come up with name or word or number, fog brain, cloudy thinking, and some of these other things I mentioned, if it all started about the same time, uh, then it's likely if she gets the bioidentical supplement, it will all go away. Uh, not always in the sense that men can have insomnia, so you can't blame everything on declining ovarian output, but most of it you can. Uh, so if you took all women, 100%, about 70% of women will have some of these symptoms of declining output at some point. Of course, that's just another way of saying that 30% never have anything. And those are the older ladies, you may know, who would say, well, you know, I've, I've got other problems in my life. I just never had any of these problems. That is wonderful. Leave them alone. They don't need anything. It still leaves you with the 70% of women who do have symptoms. And that is everything from hardly any or negligible to terrible. I can't think. I can't sleep. I have a basket case. What in the world is wrong with me? And everything in between. And you've heard all of this. Uh, so to summarize, those who are not having complaints... They don't eat anything. Uh, leave them alone. For those at the other end of the spectrum, uh, absolutely. Yes, they do. It's a life changer. Turn the clock back. They'll live longer. They'll have fewer health problems. Um, in, indeed, they have significantly uh, uh, lower likelihood later on in life of developing cognitive problems such as dementia if they uh, are taking hormone replacement therapy. So at this point, let me circle back to the question of uh, when or if a woman should have her hormones checked, uh, blood levels. So uh, to properly understand uh, this issue, you first need to understand that there is a very wide range of all these hormones when they're checked uh, in the blood. And just let me use numbers and say, hypothetically, between 20 and 80 is normal. So, if a woman is in the sub-basement, but she happens to be one of those who would say, you know, I feel fine. I, I, I'm not having any problems. She doesn't need anything. If, on the other hand, she's in the normal range, using this example, say she's around 40, but she says, look, I, I'm having some hot flashes, night sweats, and some other symptoms, she needs to be on the supplement. So the whether to use the bioidentical supplement is determined uh, based on symptoms, uh, not generally on what her blood level is. So all of this leads to the next question, which is question number four. Uh, how does a person know the proper dose of hormone replacement therapy that a woman should take? And what are the different ways that it can be given. So for the first part of the question, dosing, dosing, just to repeat, is generally determined based on symptoms, meaning her symptoms going away. So there are three outputs of hormone from the ovaries, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, three. 
The estrogen component, formerly called estradiol, uh, will uh, will get rid of the hot flashes, night sweats. That's known, it's proven, but it also gets rid of many of the other symptoms. Frequently, it will get rid of the mood, the depression, the cognition, the fog brain, the cloudy thinking, can't come up with a name or word or number. Women will be sleep better, especially when the sleep has been interrupted uh, around that time frame, uh, the vaginal dryness, as well as some of the libido issues. So when a woman has these complaints that I just mentioned, and she's in that 35 to 55 age group, the estradiol supplement usually restores women back to normal. It can be wonderful and life-changing. Importantly, when a woman has a uterus in place, in other words, they have not had a hysterectomy, it's also required to give a progesterone component as a balance to the estrogen. Generally speaking, I think it's the estrogen, the estradiol that is the workhorse, but the uh, progesterone has to be given along with it uh, for the reason I just stated. Then there is the issue of testosterone, which is also an output of the ovaries, which surprises some people uh, because they think, gee, uh, uh, testosterone is men, estrogen women, and that's true in that one uh, is predominantly present in each, but women have testosterone, and of course men have some estrogen, but the women do have testosterone in their bloodstream, and it seems to have two or three specific roles. Number one, when they have a deficiency, replacing it can restore libido. Number two, some women definitely seem to have uh, some improved mood, mainly enthusiasm or zest for life type of mood when the testosterone is replaced. And finally, it is known to have uh, some be beneficial effect in maintaining muscle mass and strength. So there's rarely any downside to giving the testosterone supplement. And if there are uh, issues that ever occur, we just uh, adjust the dose. But the second part to the above question, is, well, so what's the best way to give the hormone replacement therapy? Uh, so the first thing you need to know about that is that the bioidentical human estrogen, again, estradiol, can actually be formulated and given in many different ways. Uh, it can be given orally. It can be given through the skin, transdermally, with patches or creams. Or it can be given by injection, by a shot, or it can be placed under the skin with a special kind of needles, which is sort of like a shot, in the form of a pellet. Of course, many people might prefer to take the pill, but the problem with taking the estradiol as in the pill form is that it's changed in the stomach acid to something else and further changed in the liver. So what actually gets into a woman's bloodstream is not really the bioidentical form. Therefore, in our practice, we usually prefer to start with the through-the-skin method, the transdermal estradiol patch, and uh, go ahead and give the oral progesterone as needed for the reason we previously mentioned. We also highly recommend pellets and these pellets can sometimes be 
much better and give a much better dose and um, regimen for some women. I want to briefly circle back to the libido question. If a woman specifically says that her libido is diminished uh, around this time frame, we will frequently give her a testosterone shot, an injection. About two-thirds of women who get this injection with a testosterone supplement will say, wow, gee, that, that really helped, back to normal. When that's the case, uh, sometimes we'll need to repeat it, and then sometimes we will give the pellets. This is a longer conversation, and this will be covered in a subsequent podcast, and I'll get into that. But our next podcast will be on the libido question, and when, if ever, and, and what are the indications for doing the pellets. So stay tuned for our next podcast. Briefly, however, spoiler alert again, uh, on the subject of pellets, there is a subset of women who definitely respond better to pellets than other supplements. Again, a longer story, and we'll get into it in our subsequent podcast. The fifth question I wanted to address is, how long am I supposed to stay on hormone replacement therapy if I start? So once a woman is on the proper dose of uh, hormone replacement therapy, she should probably stay on it as long as it is helping. Uh, I would say the average uh, length of time that women stay on hormone replacement therapy is five to seven years, but it varies on whether symptoms persist or not. For example, let's say a woman is on the hormone replacement therapy and she goes on vacation. She goes out of town and forgets to take the supplement with her. And then after she's out of town a little while, she says, oh, goodness, this is I'm having all kinds of complaints. Uh, same symptoms have recurred. Well, she needs it. She needs to stay on it. Uh, the reverse might also be true. She might be out of town, not be taking it for a period of time, and finally get back home and say, wow, I hadn't taken this in some time, and honestly, I'm not sure it was helping. I don't notice any difference. So she probably can discontinue it. I would say, uh, again, five to seven years, but we have quite a few women in our practice who are in, in their late 60s and 70s who are still on the hormone replacement therapy, and we've even had one in her 80s. And what's true of every single one of these people is they try going off of it and say, wow, you know, I'm having all these symptoms and it's all recurring. Uh, they do better in every category with uh, negligible side effects or risk if they will just stay on the hormone replacement therapy as their body is trying to tell them to do. So the sixth question, and I'll cover this very briefly, is what about testosterone uh, and testosterone supplementation? Do, do women need it? So I just touched on this a few minutes ago, but honestly, this topic deserves uh, more time than I have here. Suffice it to say that testosterone can be very helpful for women, um, especially in the categories of number one, improving the libido issue, number two, uh, energy and uh, getting over the depressed mood and feeling like getting beyond the fatigue. And again, uh, it can help with the whole uh, muscle mass and even the skin strengthening. The last question that I have have here, and, and I do hear this from time to time, is where does hysterectomy fit into all of this conversation? Now, to start with, what I need to tell you is hysterectomy 
is major surgery. It removes the uterus, of course, and many doctors at the time of hysterectomy will also remove the ovaries, which is technically called a hysterectomy with a bilateral salpingo-oophorectomy. So the hysterectomy with or without removal of the ovaries, is major surgery. Women are generally out of work for four to six weeks after hysterectomy, and there can be significant complications. The complications are not common, but they're possible. I am not against hysterectomies. I have personally done thousands of hysterectomies, but you need to realize that these are major uh, surgeries. With that said, uh, the question might come up, are there too many hysterectomies being done in the United States? And uh, all I can say is, let's put it this way, 70% of hysterectomies done in the United States are not done for cancer or large tumors. They're done for problem periods, which cause anemia and other problems. So when the main problem is the problem periods and the premenstrual symptomatology that's bothering a woman, the endometrial ablation procedure should probably be considered as the procedure of choice. It's 1% is invasive, and women are back to work the next day. There's no cutting, no stitches, nothing structural. I've personally performed thousands of hysterectomies, and there definitely is a role for hysterectomies if they are necessary. But uh, the minimally invasive approach, endometrial ablation, that accomplishes the same purposes for most women and get them back at work the next day should probably be the first choice, if possible. Again, that's what our uh, medical practice specializes in. We have done 6,000 of these endometrial ablation procedures and for the most part, it completely takes care of all the problems that we've been talking about, the bleeding and the premenstrual symptoms. So during this podcast, we have sorted through some of the most commonly asked questions uh, that we get regarding the perimenopause, menopause timeframe. And as I've mentioned, uh, we're going to elaborate in our next podcast on the testosterone question, which correlates with the libido, the, the pellet question. Uh, so please stay tuned for that. However, if we've left something out that you would like us to address, please send us an email with your question, and you can reach me at clintonashford at gmail.com, and we will definitely answer it on our subsequent podcast. In the meantime, stay tuned, and we'll be talking next about the whole female uh, libido and testosterone therapy question to keep you staying youthful and energetic for many years to come. This is Dr. Clint Ashford signing off for now.